Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. Green flag waves again at the World Center Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. And enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Harry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, here we go. What is it? Today's July the... What is it, John? The 19th? The 19th. 19th. July 19th. It is show number 101. 101. 101. The 30 millimeter longer, whatever cigarette that was. Whatever. All I'm going to say is baseball is coming soon. NBA, you guys take it away. All right. Well, it is coming soon when we're going to have a pretty busy show uh, this week. Uh, we've got uh, as, as we're not actually going to start with baseball because the big story of the week is the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins. As of about Wednesday, they became known as the Washington and Washington NFL franchise for now until they can get their name out of hock from the from the lawyer who brought up all the all the names. We'll talk about that too and the the scandal that is now uh, come to the fore about them and what's been going on with them. Just to give you a teaser, Chris, they will hear an update on a story that we broke on All Things Radio. Right. That's right. So then uh, we'll have other NFL notes. Some signings and some, and then some pushback by the players, uh, and we'll talk about that. Then we're going to get into baseball. We'll talk about what's been going on. We've got some exhibition games now. People have actually. We'll talk about how it's how they sounded on the air and and so forth. Those of us who've heard them, and we'll also be t- giving our predictions, like we would have done. This is these predictions are about four months late. But we're going to finally give our predictions for the season. Then other miscellaneous stuff: the NBA, college football, college bad. You know, you know, the college scene has come come a little more into focus. Then, of course, the deaths that we uh, will have. We have six uh, people who are uh, no longer with us. And then we have the history of the, uh, and then we'll, uh, that'll be what we're going to do. So, Sean, uh, why don't you tell them uh, where we are and what, who we are and all that good stuff that you tell us every all right, week. First of all, I want to start off. Those of you that remember last year, we plugged the Larry and Jimmy NFL contest uh, because of the uncertainty of the season and whether it starts, stops, and everything. Larry and just everything is Larry and Jimmy are taking this year off, but hopefully they can come back strong in 2021. So we would have plugged uh, the contest again had they had it. Yes, yeah, we would have plugged it. It would have gone in the plugs definitely, and we would and we would have and we would have all been a part of it. So that's yep. That's why I'm mentioning it now while I'm you know. So those that may be wondering about it, but anyway, all right. First of all, I'm going to plug some things I haven't plugged in a while. Seven one two four three two three six four two board nine because we're starting to have sports coming up this Thursday. You're going to start seeing scores and other news over there, and board thirteen will be all your schedule over 
fun. They're your Sirius XM baseball schedules, your TV schedules, your NBA, NHL, all that stuff. So check those out. Also, uh, don't forget, you can leave us a message at any time throughout the week if you're listening, 800-693-0595, option number two, say it's for Sports Lounge Live, or you can email us at sportslounge at allthingsradio.net. Of course, you can also call in the Zoom number that we gave, uh, 646-876-9923, and then 287-723-4600, and sound key twice. And actually, you can do that code from any Zoom number that you have across the country, that, that code. Uh, so, and let me see, I think that's about it. We can get into a couple results, first of all, yep. I guess. You forgot 317, Sean. Oh, well, I didn't know if that was on tonight. 317-886-1103. If you just want to call in, make your comment, and get out, But by the way. And, all right, a couple results real quick. Austin Dillon won the O'Reilly Auto Parts uh, 500 at Texas Motor Speedway. And their and, next race will be Thursday night in Candace. Yeah, and, the and there were Orioles, fans there, yeah. right? What percentage of fans were at the race? I, I don't know what percentage, but uh, they did have percent. They did have fans. So, yeah. okay. well, no, they had about twenty. They had about twenty twenty five thousand. I think there. They had about 20, okay. 000. So yeah, probably about twenty twenty five percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, so, actually, they seat about one hundred and fifty, so it was a lot yeah. less than. Okay. It was, yeah, it was about fifteen percent. Twenty thousand people yeah. there. Uh, of course, John Rahm won the Memorial, which the Memorial normally would have been played last week. As this we. Normally, we would have been talking about the British Open. But yeah, well, right. no, normally the Memorial in a normal golf year is normally played in May. Yeah, it's normally in May, but they moved it. We'd have been talking about the British Open, but there's no British Open. But also part of the uh, broadcast, Jack Nicholas. I always want to say Nicholson, but no. <laughs> Jack Nicholas announced that back in March, him and his wife, they had the COVID, but they didn't, you know, didn't get sick from it. They just, they had it, and so he did announce that so okay. anyway now we have this you know speaking story of that, COVID though, speaking of COVID though and I know we'll talk we'll get into baseball a little bit but uh, Freddie Freeman of the Braves if you remember right had that and he's he talked yesterday and he said the, the night that he, it really took off on him and his temperature went up he said it was so bad he said he said I prayed that I wouldn't die from it he said and he said I almost didn't want to go to sleep because he said I didn't, didn't want to take a chance the temperature would spike even further and right. that might be it wow. so I mean it, yeah. it clearly for a lot of healthier younger people it is not you know it's not that bad but for some it can be and clearly that's an indication from him it probably was yeah okay so the Washington formerly known as the Washington Redskins as of I think it was Wednesday I think the Monday. Name was, it was Monday. Monday Monday they retired officially retired the name and then it only took two days before we started to have a, a strike a a, a a a scandal I should say three days it was three, it was third. that broke on Thursday but Thursday. on Monday Monday what happened they announced that they were retiring the name they were going to look for a new name however some a bunch of the names that they uh, wanted bunch of names they wanted are held up by a lawyer who trademarked 44 names, and he said he was going to use them for a flag football team, and the ones that they're really wanting rumored were the Warriors, Red Wolves, Red Tails, and Americans. Those are the four they were really wanting, and now he is saying he would let them have them. He's not squatting if they would just ask, but he trademarked them several years ago, and that's that part of the story. 
Yeah. And the Red Wolves, Thursday, by the way, is also, they would they would have to buy the Red Wolves from Arkansas State, I heard, too, that correct. they have that, that name. So they'd have to yes. get that. that I don't think as they well. would have to buy it because it would be a different team using us because multiple teams would have. I don't think they would have to buy it. And then Thursday, we had the big Thursday, we had the big break. scandal broke. And as for those who tuned into radio, all things radio on Thursday, you heard that Larry Michael, the radio announcer, had retired. And of course, everybody was, well, why would you retire that abruptly and all this stuff? Well, Apparently, 15 women have come out and said that there was some form of sexual harassment or the other. It, you know, there were different pieces to it. Um, apparently, uh, Michael was implicated by, I believe, I heard six. That's correct. And then... Yeah. Um, Alex Santos, the personnel. Yep. So yeah. Alex Santos was the uh, uh, player personnel. And uh, who was the other? His assistant also had to resign. Yeah. Yes. Um, these are all people part of Daniel Snyder's inner circle. And it went on between 2006 to 2019. Now, and then, well, then I women, heard, Sean, that some people were saying that the, the culture was even back as far as the 80s, the 1980s. Yeah, it was. But the official so, lawsuit, the official. The official lawsuit, the official, which was filed on Thursday, this is why. And there were rumors that there was a story that the Washington Post was setting on for weeks, but they were waiting, and everybody thought it was the the name, the name scandal and the whole thing that we talked about last week with FedEx and their partial owner. But And then there are some that are saying that he did this on Monday to maybe distract, but Thursday morning, Thursday morning, Larry Michael resigned. They said it was something big. They didn't know. And then about 5.30 Eastern time, WashingtonPost.com broke the story. There were things such as uh, touching, wanting women, wanting women to dress a certain way around advertisers, uh, touching. Yeah. Some of the sweet holders time. had uh, some of the big mucky mucks or season ticket holders had reached out and grabbed some of the women, and nothing was done. Employers, employees would just say, "Oh well, that's the way it is," and uh, they wouldn't get any response. They, they got no uh, satisfaction. You know, the women got no satisfaction from the from the team. And I, I and officially, heard- officially now that I mean, we can we can you know we can guess that it may be different. But a, a GM Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder, neither one have been implicated in this. No I would far. find and, I would uh, per- uh, opinion uh, now opinion now. This is not a fact. This is an opinion. I would find it hard to believe they knew absolutely nothing. But unfortunately, at this point, that that is not the fact. That's an opinion. Yeah. Right. And what and they have to Applegate do is, is the one. Is apparently, they could really document Larry Michael and, and these other two guys. They haven't got the documentation, but that doesn't mean that there might not be another woman or two or three that may come forward that hasn't yet. There's also the issue of the team. What they're going to do, and this may not fly with the public, they're allowing him to basically exa- you know, investigate yeah. his own hen house and see yeah. what well, happens. You know, let him nope. do it. Let well, him, like I the heard, NCAA does, and I'm not sure that that's going to fly with the general public. Well, well I heard this morning, this morning it was on... Uh, NFL radio that the most likely outcome would be that Dan Snyder may get a fine or something from the league, but they they think that it is terribly unlikely that he would be made to sell the team. 
they are allowing Beth Wilkinson, who is Daniel Snyder's lawyer, they're allowing her to investigate this, to handle it. The NFL said, we're leaving it up to you to handle your internal investigation. Daniel Snyder released a statement on Friday saying the culture needs to change. Very vague. Ron Rivera has been the one that's really been out there. But remember, Ron Rivera was also involved. He was there during the Jerry Richardson thing yeah. with uh, Carolina. Yeah. So this is his second time coming into a culture that was kind of, and like I said, 14 of the women are anonymous because they signed non-disclosure uh, right. they, when they worked yeah, with the Redskins. Yep, I was just so. going to say that. Uh, also, also, I've heard um, when Perry was talking about the culture being this bad in the 80s. Uh, Christine Brennan, who writes for the uh, USA Today, was a uh, Redskins beat writer in the 80s for the Washington Post. And she wrote several articles this week for, uh, for USA Today documenting the fact that it was really bad in the 80s. And she was a part of She well, dealt with a lot of that. And you could find stuff in a lot of, I'm sure, in a lot of different offices. But the, the way this was going to... And you talked about, I believe you were saying the other day, Maggie Gray talked about... Uh, yeah, because, was uh, because Maggie Gray, uh, when she was in college, she interned at Westwood One. And then when she graduated from college, she got a full-time job with Westwood One. And Larry, Larry Michael was her an immediate boss, and she said uh, he always did stuff to the female employees that were there. Right, and so that's Remember, the thing. Remember, he, was, he, he wasn't a player of the Redskins. He handled the TV show, of course, the radio broadcast, the all the yeah. coaches show the production. He he was a full. He wasn't employed by any radio station. He was employed by the right. Station. But he had a, that's right. He worked at for Westwood One before that. He was a, did some yeah. national games for Westwood One back in the yeah. early two thousand, late late nineties, some somewhere around. He in did there. for Mutual in the late eighties. Mutual too, yeah. Mutual mm-hmm. for Early. quite a while, and did Sports Report. So yeah, so he he's probably a long time of you know somebody that was going to get caught up with. But this is uh you know again I don't know how the public's going to feel about in, the internal investigation. Uh, thing and especially Snyder's been I think the thing that had bothered people and we heard it on that ESPN piece that we heard a few days ago it really bothered people that he didn't come forward that Ron Rivera was saying things had to change but like in, earlier in the week finally on Friday he says you know comes out with a statement he hasn't really appeared before the microphones or the cameras or anything else I can't picture let's say if this happened with the Patriots or the or the Cowboys and it, and they didn't feel guilty it, you know Jerry Jones or the, the, one of the crafts would have been before the microphone you wouldn't have oh, had, yeah. you know, you wouldn't have had um, the, the coach have to do. It wouldn't have been Belichick. Yeah. And, well, you know, it would have been uh, Jerry Jones or, or the Kraft. The they had the other incident, 2018, the New York Times article that came out about the cheerleaders in yeah. 2013 yeah. that were forced to go, that were told to go down and be escorts, dates for executives and sweet holders and advertisers. Kind of, yep. well, you know, uh, well, and the, the, sexual, pro- just, the, the problem just, you have with Daniel Snyder, Chris, from what I've been hearing all week, is he's been out of the country during this whole time. So when he releases statements, he's been doing it from his you know, there's ways now, uh, Robert, I don't know if you've noticed, but people who aren't right at their offices can actually comment and people oh, can hear them I, all I, over I'm the world. Right now. Trust me, I know, I know. I know. You know, every, everybody, listen, uh, you know, all your baseball stories and all your baseball interviews are going to be done through Zoom. You know, no. no oh, I, last did. night before yeah. the game, I heard Joe Girardi talk, uh, Joe Girardi, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what's his name, the manager of the uh, uh, Aaron, Aaron Boone. Boone, Aaron Boone talking to Susan on the phone. Yeah. You know, they were just on 
a regular phone. So yeah, yeah you know, he could he could easily get it the word out. He uh, that's no excuse. No, you know, I, I, I wasn't making. I'm, I wasn't I'm just saying. I wasn't making lie. an excuse. I was just telling you what I've heard. So yeah, that doesn't fly. And we will and we'll keep it updated. Yeah, we'll keep it. We'll we'll update that as more information becomes available. Okay. But there is more NFL news. There is. We had the Kansas City sign. You know, they remember we talked last week. They got Patrick Mahomes all signed up. Well, they signed defensive tackle Chris Jones to an eight million contract for for four years. Eighty-five million. Eighty-five millions. Okay. And four-year guaranteed sixty guaranteed. And and he had to have a new contract by the end of the fifteenth. If you were going to franchise somebody, it had to be done by the fifteenth or get out of the franchise. You had to be have it done by the fifteenth of July. That is correct. Yeah. And so we had a couple of those. We had Miles uh, Garrett. Now he wasn't going to be franchised, but he, he got a contact a contract extension from the Browns. <clears throat> and Derrick Henry, who was going to be uh, a franchise, got an extension from Tennessee. So uh, Garrett uh, was, as I say, was not going to be franchised. 125 million uh, and 100 guaranteed. Well, how many years was that for? Robert? Uh, well, that's a five-year deal, and with the two years remaining on his deal, it works out to 144 million dollars over the next seven years. Yeah. And, and remember, we'll this, is, and this is... 2022. We'll start and this is the same guy that got suspended for the final six games last year for taking off his helmet and hitting Mason Rudolph. Oh, so, yeah. That's a guy. Yeah. I forgot yeah. who that was. Okay. Yeah. And he's also involved in our other NFL story. Yeah. He's one of the, yes, that's uh, right. One of the, okay. the okay. dozens of people. Yeah. Okay. Before we get to the one from today, we do have... Yesterday, um, I was listening to a radio show on uh, Mad Dog Radio, and they did some of the money. You know, we've been talking about Dak Prescott over the last few weeks. This year, he's going to earn $31 million, if, you know, since he's been franchised. If they franchise him next year, he earns $37 million. Mm-hmm. And if they franchise him the year after that, he would earn $54 million. I didn't yeah. think you could franchise somebody three years in a row. According to Dan Grassa, you can, but I don't okay. believe, I do not believe they want to do that because the salary cap is about 198. You're not going to want to put that much money into one play. No. no. And Derrick Henry, real quick, you go at that before we get to the bed. That's right. So Derrick Henry uh, got a four-year, uh, 50 million uh, for uh, and 25 million guaranteed. And uh, so the thing is, yeah, and getting back to uh, Prescott, there's a lot of uh, rumors about. Well, then what's what's he going to do like there was talk you know how everybody everybody relates everything to their home market so on thursday there was talk on the sports hub and the i heard it on both places that okay after this year that with uh, newton with the patriots prescott you know uh, done with the cowboys could the patriots go out and sign you know prescott and you know trade for him trade him up trade a first round and get a fourth back or do whatever and pick up prescott and they were saying yeah maybe but they also were saying that maybe belichick wants to start with his own quarterback and really say i'm, I'm starting with this guy at scratch i'll, I'll do newton this year is a transition, but I want to do Stidham. But it depends on how Stidham does, of course, too. Right. But but it, the point is, everybody's going to be rumored. Anybody who's not got a you know, franchise quarterback is going to be rumored with Dak Prescott. I'm sure there was talk like that in many uh, markets on Thursday. So somebody right. somebody even mentioned that possibly he could wind up in Minnesota. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, there yeah. you go. That's a, yeah. that's an example. So now we have the memo that was sent out, and then we'll talk about the. Re- this was sent out. Yeah, the yesterday. memo leads into today. Yes, uh, yeah. right. Yeah. So it was sent out. It said that rookies were to report to training camp this coming Tuesday, the twenty first. That quarterbacks and injured players were to report on the twenty third, and that everyone else should report on the twenty eighth. Unless you were Houston, Texas, each Houston and Kansas City, each one of those uh, things would would happen a day earlier because they're going to play, you know, uh, in uh, on September tenth. Supposedly, but then uh, we well, started to get a little bit. Real quick, the memo on that it said per the collective bargaining agreement, which remember they just signed it, and the younger player it just went through. So it goes as part of the collective bargaining agreement. They said so they were enacting that, which leads to what went down today—a big social media campaign. Yeah, right. And apparently the players are not happy. That you know, here we are. We've been thinking. We've been talking about. Okay, baseball's got to do this. Baseball's got to do that. Hockey and basketball have to set up their bubbles. What are the uh, going to be? protocol to come into the bubble and leave the bubble and do whatever. And we'll be talking about that a little bit later too. But you know, then with NFL, Oh, it's in the NFL, NFL and all is all ducks in a row. Everything's fine. We've got the players said, not so fast. They said, we have not determined with the, uh, with the teams and with the, with the really management of the league, what this, the protocols will be. I think that the league had the idea that each team would have their own protocols and they're all responsible adults and everybody would, would do it the right way. And well, 32 management and you look at the, the team formerly known as the Redskins would they do it the right way necessarily would would other teams who aren't as caring as other owners you know some might do it better than others since I think and the players all, want to have a uniform and, standard and all these players they put out social media things and they said we want to play so they're not this is not financial they all want to play but like J.J. Watts put out he said okay are we going to test every day every other day how are we going to handle it if somebody if somebody uh, tests positive and you see us all in the huddle, you know, against, you know, with them, how is that going to be handled? Now, though, others, Russell Wilson had a concern. He said, you know, I want to play, but my wife is expecting a baby. How is that going to be handled? How are things? Now, the one thing they did do, the the one thing they did is they said, they said that there is an unlimited injured list this time. It's not where you have to stay on a certain, certain amount of time. You're on, you know, they, they can say be, and a lot of this code related. Now, they also said if for some reason they don't play the season, if they come, they get a $150,000 stipend, which counts against their salary. Okay. Now, I also did hear yesterday, listening to an interview, Sean, each team has a 90-man uh, roster for training camp. But according, yes. to, according to what the host was saying, I, I was listening on WIP yesterday, only 20 people can be in the facility at a time. So I don't know yeah, how... Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how workouts are going to take place or you know how things like that are going to work. Out, one of the things that came out of this uh, what the, the, with the social media thing today, apparently the NFL medical staff recommended a 21 day acclimation period. The NFL wanted them to come in two weeks earlier. The players are like, no. So the NFL shrunk this down. The players are not wanting preseason. The NFL, which I see both sides of this. I yeah, you got to have preseason. As I, the thing is, you don't the, have to. Yes, you do. And the reason, let me explain huh. why. You, because this, and Scott Dolek was very clear on this. And he's, you know, he's a former player. He gets the players. He understands where the players are coming from. But if you're going to have, if everybody goes back to work, anybody who's been out of out of work, they know that the first day or two when they go back, where's the sanitizer? 
sanitizer? Where's what are we doing in the break room? How many people could be here? What do we have to do about this? What are we going to do about that? You know, what do we do in the hallway? All these things you need the the players to work again, the the uh, functioning people at the stadium to work a game, whether there's fans in the stands or not. And of course, that's going to be up to the localities and all that. But I think pretty much everybody's agreed no fans till September. So for these preseason games, I don't think they were talking about having fans. But the idea is okay. The team comes in. Who has to do what as far as the locker room? What kind of sanitation do we have to do? How are we going to travel to this game? Okay, so you're going to have one game. So your home team, your home uh, people get used to the idea of how it's going to work in your in your particular facility, the way it's set up, the way where you're going to put things, how you're going to do things, how you're going to keep people distant. And then the next week you travel. You go to you know from here to Philadelphia. How do you travel? How many planes? How many people? What are you going to do? How long is the flight? Uh, you know what? What are we going to do when we go to the West Coast? We're going to have the you know, Patriots going to the West Coast all the time. They're playing both Western Western Division. How are they going to do that? You know, this is the these are the things that you got to kind of at least travel. Got to do some dry runs. They've got to have dry runs. They just well, totally they, they could, but some of that could be done even if they had inter squad games. You know, they that could be done. Now the not travel, the travel part, no. not the travel part, no. Not the, and I think you want to, and I think you do want to do something to play at least a game, maybe two, because you want to know you do want to you do want to figure out who's going to make the roster and, and stuff like that. You do want to do yeah, some of and that. I do, I do see both sides of the argument. You know, like I said, I I see I I see what you're saying about the whole the, you know the testing out, but I also see their thing is like well. Wait a minute. Are we going to put ourselves at risk more for two extra games? That you know, I see both sides. It is, well, and yeah, I don't yeah. think for the NFL's point, I don't think it's a revenue thing. I, the revenue for preseason games, you know, is is minuscule. It's not that big a deal. We're really trying to get ready for the regular season so that on on the first week when they play, they've at least had a game. Everybody's at least had a game, and they know what they're doing. And on the players, and I think the players need it too. But what I was also saying, you know, people say this could jeopardize the beginning of the season. I think they've got about a week leeway to get this done, and I think they can. Can get it done in a week because basically the other sports once they sat down once baseball for example stopped haggling about the number of games it took them three or four days to get the safety protocol really in stone i think that that's what they're going to do i think that you know the yeah. teams have probably got already got ideas but i think probably you just don't you want an equitable situation you want don't want somebody in the new orleans in more danger than somebody in new england or whatever you know so you want to have the protocols up to, up to snuff yeah, and it was about 70 players that spoke out. Some big names, Richard Sherman, J.J. Watt, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, uh, right. Russell Wilson, Mar- uh, oh, well, Miles Garrett, we mentioned him, but there yeah. was some other, there was a lot of players that spoke out on this, and, but they all... Miles Garrett has a certain, certainly a record of being concerned about player safety. Oh, yeah, oh, really, <laughs> but they all, well, no, but a lot of these others, though, J.J. Watt is pretty, you know... Well, his injuries, Mahomes, I mean, he's, he's totally, guys, you know, yeah. And, but a a lot of these players that are—they all said in their tweets. They said, "Hashtag we want to play." And they—and I emphasize again, they did not. Unlike the baseball situation, mm-hmm. they did not make this financial. They made it about the concerns, the legitimate concerns that should be had. So yeah. I'm going to give them that. Comparing this to the baseball situation, they made it about the health right. concerns, which you know that's what, like what are we going to do? Where baseball on both sides, players, owners, it was about the money. Well, you have to remember too. We as fans, we really don't care about the preseason, but no. the, co- the coaches do because how do you cut your roster from ninety to fifty-three? You see, 
you know. Yes, you've and got, you, you've, you're going to hit differently and play differently. You see that and when, when you have a team in, you know, when they have those things in the middle of, the, of uh, you know, August where they have those two weeks or the week or so, uh, four or five days, where they're hitting another uniform. It's different than hitting, you know, you don't want to hurt. You know, you're not going to go in and, and uh, wreck yeah. up your quarterback. So there is a difference. And so for that purpose, it's competitive, but I think also the dry run uh, thing. But it's about the bottom of the hour, and I think we're at a good stopping place. Do we have we are. Calls, so why don't we, why don't we take our – we do don't have any calls. calls. We do not. So why don't we take our break, and then we'll come back and go to baseball. Right. Okay. Baseball. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow, but shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Back we are. We do have an updated score here. Uh, Top of the second inning, the Cubs are leading the White Sox one to nothing. And Chester Cutver is at bat for the White Sox in the top of the second. And I will tell you the uh, marquee broadcast. Now this is at Wrigley Field, so they're at home. But Len Casper and Jim Deshays—that's how they sound pretty normal. Okay. And uh, and they're just saying Fox Sports is reporting the Astros may not fly to Kansas City tomorrow because of the chance that the exhibition could be rained out. Okay. okay. Well, yes, there's an 80% you know, and, chance of rain, but if you go by the weather forecasters and their prognostications, you're in trouble. That's yeah. right, especially in the summertime because, right. you know, if they're talking about thunderstorms, they, they can come up and go down. Uh, you can be all, they can be all around you, and you don't even get one, so you can't right. really especially plan on that. That's in that part of the country. That's right. Uh, Western yeah, yeah. Missouri, Kansas, that area. Okay. Yeah. 
So we got some baseball notes, and then we'll talk a little bit about how the broadcasts have sounded. We'll also do some predictions because, uh, you know, we, we said we would do that. So Jordan Hicks, a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, has opted out. Um, no no other opt-outs this week. I didn't and hear he, and, anyway. and by the way, Jordan Hicks will get paid in service time because he is a type 1 diabetic. Ah, okay then. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Seal Puig for the Atlanta, uh, signed with the Atlanta Braves. How many no, teams he, are, and no, now there's an update not. on that, Chris. He tested positive for COVID, so Oops. that the, he has not signed with the Braves. That, okay, that, that one I didn't hear because he was yep, signed that, a couple days was, ago. Yeah, that just came down. Okay, yeah, so yesterday. Oh, all right, now, now is he? So this is, uh, that, that's a question. He was he a free agent? Is that what yes, he yes, was? Yes, he, yes, he and was. He, and so, he still is. And he still so, is. So he has to deal with his own treatment. He's not going to get treated with the, uh, by the Braves at this no. point because that contract no. is no longer. Right, but he is he is asymptomatic according to him. Okay, that's good. That he is expected to sign with the Braves whenever he does recover. Though. Right. Okay. He will sign the contract. We have eleven umpires. We don't know who they are. But we have eleven of the umpires who say they. They are not going to participate. And, of course, they're older. I mean, you, you know, most umpires would be in their 30s and maybe 40s into their 50s. Jerry Davis is the only one that we've heard of that has announced Mike, that he's not Mike Winters is another one. Okay. And uh, the, the the way they're doing it, and, of course, remember how they're doing this. They're, the, league, the country is split into thirds, the east, the, the central, and the west. And the umpires are going to stay in their geographical area. So, the, you know, if you have a – you could be with an umpire for a week or so or, or whatever, two series in a row or uh, – because they, and they're going to go with the teams too. Yep. They're going to travel. How about with that, the teams, Chris? So. You could have the umpires flying with the Red Sox when they go to play the Yankees. That's there you right. go. That's there right. You go. So you know, oh, that, that's sad for Joe because Joe loves to talk to the umpires, <laughs> and he won't be able to. He's going to have to stay home. But anyway, so wonder who get, wonder who gets Joe West. Yeah, that's right. I hope it's the East. I like Joe West. I think he's cool. So, you know, especially since he gave us a couple of calls in the 2004 pennant winning game against the hey, any, anybody can have Angel Hernandez as far as I'm they, concerned. They can. Maybe they'll stick him. I don't know where they'll stick him. So with yeah. son. Maybe they'll stick him in New York because you're going to need umpires reviewing uh, replays, and that would be yeah. the ba- safest place for him. Keep him out of the, you know, yeah. a, a long, with a panel of reviewers with him, another couple of umpires. You don't want him doing anything by himself because he's that, terrible. Well, he's, he's awful. Yeah. Anyway. So, so they're going to be uh, staying in their area. So you're going to have, like we used to have in the old days, you know, you had four crews, you had 16 umpires because there were no vacations in the old days when you had eight teams in the league. And you saw those 16 guys every you know, two or three weeks. You saw them again. And, and, they, and they bought out vacations. So you, these guys are going to be here. Well, who you get? Yeah, right. there's, there's no vacations. I know, year, I know the Cubs are working with Tony Rendazzo's crew. Okay. That's who the All Cubs right. have because, and, and you know, they can, those four umpires, you know, they can work the bullpens, the inner squads, things like mm-hmm. that. So yep. you you kind of know you kind of know who you're working with. Well, we already talked about Freddie Freeman and how he really struggled with the virus, but he did come back to the Braves, so that's a good bounce back story. And I think we're going to see a lot of that because these guys basically are young and in pretty good shape. And he can, also Tuki Toussaint came back as well. Yeah, uh, Jesus Lazardo was back with the A's, and he's and uh, DJ DJ LeMay he was back with the Yankees, and he's right. in the lineup tonight. Yes. And so if basically what we, we were telling people is if an injury is undisclosed and you don't know what it is, you can kind of guess that it's probably the virus. Right. Yep. You know, and that's and then, kind of, uh, uh, Gregory Polanco, according to the Pirates, has uh, or, or to himself, has the virus. I think there's one other pirate that may have it, too, but they didn't say who that was. 
Right. And uh, we, we now have a, a designation we found out about the 45-day disabled list, which is a new or injured list. I'm sorry, I'm going to get uh, sanctioned by the, somebody. Sorry, yeah. cause don't say that, right? Uh, but the injured list. And the thing is that we have the Jordan Zimmerman of the Tigers has a forearm strain. Now, normally a forearm strain, you say, oh, two or three weeks. But he was coming back from a bigger injury. So I think that's why it's taking as long as it's going to for him. Right. And Toronto is not playing in Toronto this year. They're going to be the something or another Blue Jays, but it won't be Toronto. It'll be on their uniform, but they won't be there because they, the Canadian government, not the provincial government and not the city government, it, it was the federal government. And Canada has done a wonderful job with this virus. They don't have that many cases at all. And they want to, it's one thing to fly the hockey players in and you say, okay, you got two bubbles in Edmonton and Toronto. How can you do that? Well, you're flying the hockey players in who have already been tested by their teams. And most they're already Canadian anyway. I'm well, sure. yeah, but, but the, you know, but they maybe had to leave to go to St. Louis or Dallas to, to be with their team. They got to come back in. So, you know, right. the Canadian teams are there, but there's uh, most of the teams are not. And they're, right. they're with each other now. See, they're practicing in their facilities before they go to the bubble. When they get to the bubble, they'll be tested in quarantine like you do when you go to a bubble. And that's fine because that, that's one time. But if Toronto had to come in and go out, come in and go out, they would want them to be quarantined for two weeks and they wouldn't be able to do that because, you know, they got to play. So basically they, if you stay in Canada, you're, you're fine. And they also don't have the complication with the NHL bubble of having the families come. So right. that, that's another now, thing. Now, we heard that it could have, it could be Buffalo. It could be Dunedin, Florida, where their AAA franchise is now. They said this morning that there are some other options that they are weighing, but they didn't say what they were. Well, so an article, hopefully, an article I, hopefully by tomorrow some sort of an announcement can be made. Yeah. An article I read in the newspaper today indicated the Blue Jay players do not want to play in a minor league ballpark. They want to, they want to play in a major league facility they're willing to share with another team. But, but the schedule doesn't necessarily work that way. I mean, unless you're going to play your games in the morning or early afternoon, and they, you know, they can share with the Red Sox, for example, but and they could play each other there all the time. But they, they'd have to play if the most, okay, the Yankees announced, or Susan Waldman was talking about it, that basically the way baseball is going to do it, they're going to be a night sport except for Saturdays and Sundays. They're going to Correct. have day games Saturday and Sunday. So, okay, if they always played in the daytime, and you could maybe do that with a, a Red Sox or whoever you want to share with, but because they're Sometimes they're going to be home, and of course, sometimes Toronto would be home, and the Red Sox would be on the road, so that would work. They could play at night, but that yeah. kind of and messes I, up the TV for Rogers. The, Rogers won't necessarily like that. No, and the reason, one of the reasons, Chris, that they want to play mostly at night is they are encouraging you know anybody who can to wear their their mask. And you wear a mask, and it's a hundred degrees for you know two three hours. Yeah. That's going to be pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. So they're going to yeah, and the and wear their mask the on the Buffalo. field. Is that the idea? Some people are. Think? Yes, some people okay. are. And the thing with Buffalo is also there. There's a concern there that the lighting may not be correct. But but the city of Buffalo and the parks says they could get that right. Oh, oh yeah, that could, Florida, be, that could be fixed in a couple days. They said. I have heard that the Florida, Buffalo Park is pretty Florida's is pretty nice. Florida is going to be a hundred degrees or two hundred percent humidity where they're at. And right. well, but we you but know living where have, there is a triple A facility, Chris, the triple A ballparks, they are very nice. 
Yeah. Yes, they are. So I yes. think if they At get least that the one here and the one where Perry is, we have two of the nicer AAA oh, ballparks. Oh, absolutely. But... And I think if they get, I had heard because when they built that park, they built it uh, with maybe possibilities to expand if they got a major league team, which they never they, did. But they've tried to get them. Yeah, they, they, Buffalo has talked about a major league team. Right. So and I think it's probably now, one nice rumor. Park. One rumor that I heard, and I mean, I put this in the rumor. Don't put it in fact. Possibly Charlotte, North Carolina, but we'll have to see on that. Well, again, that's not a major and league park either. So it's not. Whatever. Oh, no, it's not. And Buff and I don't know that the I don't know though. I know Robert. You said you heard that article. I don't know that the players are really going to get to yell too much about that. Yeah, I mean, if okay. it were a bad minor league park, I get it. But it, it, I think this year they just have to get the games done. I think if you look at the map of the country, they should play in Buffalo or in the Northeast somewhere because the the rest of the country is going. You know where it's going, and the rest of the country is is rising. Most many of these that they are talking about playing in. Can you imagine, just to think back to what we were talking about a month or two ago, if they're, hey, we're getting baseball ready in Florida and Arizona and, and Texas. Wow, here we go. Oh, what a good idea that would have been. Whoa. Well, and, and you know, if we look if we look September into October, we could be talking about something totally different. Yes, yes. Yeah. But right now, the plan, the sensible plan at the moment would be to play as much in the Northeast as you can. So, you know. And, and they don't play a, they do not play a home game until the 29th, so. That's right. Uh, 27th, I think. All right. Uh, a, week for, a week from tomorrow. That's what. Uh, which is the 27th. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. 27th. Okay. I also heard the 29th. Okay. We got any other baseball we need to do? Oh, the broadcast. All right. Yeah, so the we broadcast. Did and the predictions. What am I doing? All right. So the broadcast, I, it sounded, and actually a friend, a friend of ours, Jane, mentioned this on uh, Baseball Today, that the, the crowd it sounded far away. You know, it, it just sort of had uh, like a ghost, ghost ball, somebody called it, a friend of mine, you know. And that's the thing. I guess, what are they running? The crowd, everybody's running the same crowd from the video games. It's, it's from MLB The Show is what it's from. And they're just kind of running the crowd noise through. So that's all it is. Right. But when you you say, and I have not, I've only heard home games. I heard the Phillies briefly tonight, and they were home. But so I so I heard the crowd in the background. But basically, you're saying that if they're doing it from the studio, from the park or the studio, they're not getting the crowd at all. Is that they're correct? Get, they do get. The, you hear the crowd, but what you don't hear, like last night, I was listening to the Indians, and it sounds like their studio. You know, the guy that was running things from the studio of WTAM was putting through some crowd noise. Jim Rosenhaus was at at the stadium, and what you didn't hear, like you did probably, Chris, with the Phillies and the Nationals or teams like that, you could hear like the pop of the catcher's mitt. You're you're probably not going to hear that on the away broadcast. I would think they could figure out a way to hook up uh, some way with the crowd mic that the uh, the home team is using, you know, so that you could feed that into the mix at the studios or the ballparks. I don't see why you can't, but, you know. And by by the way, people were were a little concerned that Tom Hamilton was not there last night. It's not a problem. He was he was off. It was a family, you know, something with his family. Yeah. I think it was a yeah. wedding, is what it was. So he would have been off anyway. So anyway, so speaking of uh, teams and announcers and all that, that of course we're starting on Thursday night. Uh, and as a matter of fact, Jeff Bennett loses his bet supposedly at seven oh five, right in the middle of all things radio. Seven oh eight. Seven oh eight. Seven oh eight. He's going to lose his bet because the uh, the uh, uh, the Yankees and uh, Washington will start their game. But we've got I, I'm, I've got some picks. We'll see if you guys have some picks. I know Perry said his were similar to me. Uh, we've got in the East in the American League. I'm picking the, the Yankees in the Central. I, I, picking, I picked them as well. Yeah, in the central, I'm, I'm picking. Also. All right, I would agree with that. All right, Yankees. I'm picking in the central. I'm picking Minnesota. Yes, 
Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. I would okay. agree with that one too. In, in the uh, this this will uh, I don't know Robert whether you want this, but in the West I'm picking the A's. I don't know. Uh, I picked well, the A's as well. Um, no, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think my team is going to do very good this year, considering I'm it's the 60s. Astros. Uh, Sean's going Astros. Con- okay. So, well, he's a Finally team. a difference. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, considering it's a 60-game sprint, uh, my team has got a real good shot this year. So Yeah, I think so. And I think the Astros, I think the, the trauma has been delayed and all that. And, you know, they're not going to have fans booing them and doing them signs and all that other stuff. I just think they're, they're not in a good place. I think the Red Sox came out. Mm-hmm. I just have a feeling the Red Sox, and I'm not saying they're going to be in the playoffs. I'm not. But I'm saying I think they came out in a better place than the Astros. I think there's been more turmoil, more involvement by the Astros and everything else. So I I just have a feeling the Astros aren't going to be uh, as focused as they might be. Now, in the wild and, cards, though, I will t- I will say I put the Astros and the Rays in the wild card. Okay. I, I, would, agree, the, I would agree with that. I put I mean, Tampa I Bay and Cleveland. The Rays. I, I, I put the Tampa Rays. Bay and Cleveland in the wild card. You put so, who, Sean? A's and the Rays. A's and Rays. A's and Rays, like last year. Well, uh, hey, they were in the wild card game last year. They were. In the National League in the East, I got Washington. I do as well. Okay. All right. Um, I'll take the Phillies, I think. Okay. You know, their lineup sounded pretty good tonight. I heard their starting lineup. That's not a bad lineup. And And Joe Girardi's a good manager, I'll tell you that. And that's another thing. I think Joe Girardi's going to win National League Manager of the Year. He very well could. You know, uh, I didn't pick him in the playoffs, but it wouldn't surprise me. I'm going to scare Bill now. I'm going to pick Cincinnati (laughs) in the Central. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) I would agree. I agree. I, I am as well, Bill. Yeah, and, uh, yep. you know, we'll see what happens. This, this is just the kind of year the Reds could do it. You never know. Same Sean thing with the A's. Sean and Robert, who are you guys? Um, I'm I'm going to go with the Brewers this year. Yeah, okay. I, I think Milwaukee has a shot at winning that division. Sorry, Perry. Okay. Well, again, uh, and I've got the Dodgers in the West. I think most yes. people do that. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's uh, the Dodgers and the Yankees are the two best teams that are well equipped to yep. take it the distance. And I've got uh, for the wild card game, I've got Atlanta and St. Louis. I, it could I be have tough it, for St. Louis. I have Atlanta and Arizona. Yeah, it could be tough for St. Louis because of the toughness of the Central Division. And again, the Phillies, the Phillies could easily get there. You saying something about the Phillies there, Sean? Yeah, I have St. Louis and Philly. So yeah, okay, that yeah. makes sense too. Um, I, I have St. Louis and. Uh... I'll go with St. Louis and Washington in the wild card. Okay, because hey, you picked the Phillies to win, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so bra- no brand. And then, and then of course, playoff. my World Series, I, I think it will be the Yankees and the Dodgers. Me too. Yeah. I'm picking the Yankees to beat the Dodgers in six games. So I yeah, I, no, I, unfortunately, I think the, I think the uh, Yankees have outspent everybody. They've got the best talent. I think their their drought is going going to be over. Although so now I'm that we have – Oh, go ahead, Sean. I'm going to go Dodgers in seven. Okay. So Dodgers now that we've made total series, now that we've made total fools of ourselves, Bill, do you wish to make a fool of yourself too? <laughs> well, as long as I predict the Reds, 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 <laughs> Reds, 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 Reds. Okay. 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 Dodgers do make the, the World Dodgers. Series. That'll be the same thing the Red Sox did. Remember, the Red Sox had won it in 1918 and then came back in 2018 and made the World Series and won it. If the Dodgers could win it, they'll do what the Red Sox did to win it. And uh, they were in the World Series at least. Let's say in 1920, yeah. they'd be in in 2020. So that'd yeah, be kind of cool. Okay. Before we before we do move along though, yeah. uh, Pam, you will need to hit your unmute button and you can talk to us. 
Okay, and you, I'm not. You should I'm be good now. now. There you go. All go right. ahead. Hey, hey, Pam. All right. First, Bill, I want to tell you, if your Reds are in the World Series, so are my Royals, and they're playing. So. <laughs> Why not? Anybody, anybody can. This is a good thing. Whether opening day is July or March or April, you, everybody can dream. That's, That's the right. important thing. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I, you know what though? You know what though, Pam? Before you go, I saw something on. I think it was from Fangraphs who did it about the NL Central, and they had. Um, the Cubs and the Brewers winning 32 games, the Cardinals and the Reds winning 31. If we've got four teams within one game of each other, that's going to be a heck of a race. And then they said the Pirates would win 12. They must have had the Pirates for about 12. Yeah. You guys made mention of uh, Denny Matthews at the beginning of your show yes. with reference to the broadcasters and how they yeah. sounded. You might even want to expound on that. He is, what he's going to do, he is not going to be at the stadium. He is going to do the, the Royals games from his home. As is Charlie Steiner of the Dodgers. That's what Susan yes. Waldman said last week. That'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah. So it'll but, be what's your if you if anybody listened last night to the Mets broadcast, Howie Rose was doing his broadcast from home and it sounded it wasn't bad. There's just a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of an interest, you know, in, in the voice. It's not much, but if you listen, well, you'll uh, notice it. And what he indicated during last night's broadcast, he didn't do any of the play-by-play parts no. because he did he not. Said there was, he said there was like a 12 second delay from uh, from what happened on the field to what he saw on TV. So Wayne Randazzo was at the stadium, so he's the one that handled all the play-by-play last And you know, I had not, I, I will be honest, I had not listened to him. I have some, but I listened to quite a bit last night. He's actually pretty darn good. He is. Yes, he is yes, good. he is. He is good. Well, the other thing, though, that means that was for somebody like um, Denny Matthews and Charlie Steiner, they're going to have to hook things up better. They're going to have to get them, uh, you know, or get their monitor at least up with the with the action on the field, or it's not going to make a whole lot of sense. So, no. Yeah. Anything, else, anything else, Pam, while we still have you? No. No. Okay. Thank you guys very much. No problem. You're, you're, you're welcome. welcome. You're better, Pam. You're sounding thank, better. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for calling, okay. as always. All right. So and we now, have... Uh, let me... Hold, hold on. Hold on, we oh, have um, we got we have Jamal. Go ahead, Jamal. Hey, Jamal. Hello. Hey, Jamal. How y'all doing? Good. We're good. Okay, got a prediction. Okay. Um, given the fact that this season is so wacky, I think the White Sox will get off to a good start and cruise to the AL Central title. Okay. And in the, and in the National League Central, I think it is the table set for the Cubs to. Make one more bounce back run and win that division. Well, I hope you're right, Jamal. I, I'm sure that you're right, dude. <laughs> the one thing, the one thing that might help the Cubs, and I'm wondering about Perry and Jamal, what you guys think. Is one of the, the the Achilles heel for the Cubs last year was the bullpen, and I'm wondering with having that so many correct. arms and and having the beginning of the season, everybody rested. You know, your starters are only going to have to pitch if if it's uh, what twelve, uh, what twelve games if you're uh, a five man yeah. rotation. The problem so with the Cubs, innings, Chris, you know? is their bullpen is a whole lot of unknowns. They, they they really revamp that bullpen, and if, the, the, if that, if that saying, you know what, if that bullpen longer. comes through, if it comes through, the Cubs could be a very good team. The, what I'm saying is the starters, you could easily pitch 84 innings, you know, in seven games and only need a couple of bullpen guys on, a, you know, if you're pitching well, obviously you've got people to go to, you're going to have like 13 man pitching staff. So you're going to have people to go to, but the idea is if you're, if you're John Lester and you're pitching well, you could pitch seven innings a game, you know, and you know, John Lester is in a situation, Chris, to where they've moved him down to the third spot in the rotation. So not, yeah. you know, wow. 
And uh, Kyle Hendricks is going to start opening day, and of course, pitching six and two thirds of an inter squad. He's apparently ready. Right. Anything right. else, Jamal? So, yeah. So, as I was saying, I think that DC and both teams are uniquely positioned to uh, take advantage of a sixty-game season. Now, mm-hmm. there will be a team. There will be a team. We don't know who it is. The Royals, the Orioles, somebody like that's going to have a better year than we think they will because it's going to be sixty games. Yeah. They might win twenty-seven or twenty-eight and be near five hundred. Because in the middle of June, maybe they would have been near five hundred or, or early June. You know, so why not? Why not? So this season is going to be pretty interesting. So it's Buckley, you Oh no, yep. kidding. Okay. All right, so we have some miscellaneous stuff to do. Uh, Russell Westbrook diagnosed with the COVID, and apparently that was before that was before he got to the bubble, correct? Yeah, yes. he didn't go yes. to the bubble. He didn't go to the bubble, so yeah. he, he's in quarantine for two weeks, and then uh, he needs to test negative a couple of times, and he can go back. Right. Uh, and then media go through a whole lot, and I don't even have all the procedures, but there was an article that our friend Lynn recommended about all the media have to do, about they're on a different, uh, they have to walk up the stairs while their bags go up in an elevator. They have to stay isolated in the bubble for a couple of days, or at least before they, yeah. they have their meal sent to them, and all this. I think the players had to do that kind of stuff, too. They could only do do things by via Zoom, including with other media. They couldn't uh, really be with them. I guess after a few days, you can break out and then do more of these. Yeah, things. after they're done with their quarantine, they can break out and they can yeah. they can talk with other media. But, you know, don't approach the players. And oh, and another thing in regards to the media, uh, Chris, uh, this was also brought up during the Mets Yankees game last night. The writers are only going to be given one hour to post their stories after the game, and then they have to vacate the ballpark if they're at the ballpark and a lot of the media are not going to be able to travel with the team right. uh, this year so uh, they uh, the, uh, both Howie and Wayne were unsure about how the writers were going to handle going, you know being on the road or now, uh, having you know how that and, was going to work and last night Jim Rosenhouse said he has heard that most of the radio people at least to start with will not travel but he said you know depending on what happens things may change later in the season right yeah. So there's a player, Richard Holmes, decided if, uh, to go out of the bubble. Rashad he did, Holmes. Rashad R- Holmes. R- Rashad, yeah. Did, not, did not, not want whatever. And I guess there's multiple very nice options for food, but he did not want what they had. He wanted to get McDonald's or something. So well, he, he, he went DoorDash, out. DoorDash, and DoorDash oh, couldn't come in the bubble. And right. so he went outside the bubble and got and met up with the DoorDash driver. And, and, and now, he's, now he's in quarantine. For, so. for a couple of days. Yeah. And Harrison Barnes, uh, uh, let's see, what's he doing? He's he's got the virus. Tested, I think. He has, he has, Harrison, he Harrison Barnes, the pride of Ames, Iowa. That's there right. you go. Well, there you go. And okay, so yeah. Now, why don't you guys talk, uh, Sean and Perry, about the college football machinations? Well, no, no. There's another NBA free. Hold okay. on, other NBA. While we're still on the NBA, right. uh, yeah. they're going to do a couple preseason games, three yeah. preseason. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And at least during the first game, the quarters are going to be ten minutes. Yeah, and, that, and those those start on Wednesday, by the way. So okay. they start this Wednesday, so they're gonna they're gonna they go three. from they go from the twenty second to the twenty eighth, and then the actual season begins on the thirtieth. Correct. Yeah. So so next so next week you want to tune in next week because we'll review the hockey and the basketball standings. Yes, for you. we'll give that you the standings up to date because what they're doing, we were to remind you quickly, the NBA they're picking up with basically the next eight games of the schedule and then the top. So you're going to have unless, eight regular season unless they have games. a team that's not in the bubble, then they skip to the next team. Next right. Week. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, if you're going to play somebody who's not there, like the Knicks or something, you skip to the next uh, game on your schedule for a team mm-hmm. that is. That's right. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Miss A doesn't seem to have the basketball. 
basketball. She's got the hockey and the baseball, but she doesn't have the basketball. And so. Zion Williamson had to leave the bubble for a family emergency, so when he comes back, he has to quarantine. And remember, there are those that are saying they did this 22-team thing to get Zion into mm-hmm. the playoffs. Okay, so... Uh, are you guys ready to wax upon all the? Uh, every commissioner, I think, had some to say of the Power Five, and the different schools had things to say. The college yeah. stuff is very simple. If you go with the Power Five, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they're playing conference only. The Big Twelve, ACC, and SEC will make their announcements by the end of July. And right. there's talk of doing some sort of thing where they would play one conference game against each other, and it's working Notre Dame in. Kind of like what I talked about last week, how very similar, how Notre Dame would get worked into that. Uh, certain, the the mid-majors are really not sure. Uh, several of the one, the FCS conferences, the America East, the MEAC, the Patriot League, the Atlantic 10, have canceled fall sports. Uh Also, there's another interesting story that came out with all of this. You have to have 16 to be an FBS, which is Division 1A. You have to have 16 Division 1 sports to be an FCS, which is 1AA, or a team that doesn't play football. You know, basketball-only schools are Division 1. You have to have 14. Iowa State's right at the limit with 16. They certainly are. They might have to make some amendments during all this this year. So. Yeah. So basically, I think we'll have more, uh, you know, just just when we thought it was safe to do whatever to start getting, we're going to get some baseball games and soon we're going to get hockey and basketball. We're not going to know too much about college football. And there's there's a real possibility, as we said early on, and they really pushed for fall. But there's a possibility they might play in the spring, even if the students aren't there. So there is is that possibility. Yep. They're trying to avoid spring, if, if at all possible, because as they say, what if it you know gets worse in the spring than it is in the fall? They'd like to get, even if they have to do conference games or 10 games, and the Big Ten and Pac-12 are both looking at a 10-game conference schedule rather than a 9-game conference schedule. Okay. Um, also, you know, we have uh, been talking about the national anthem in this country lately, about should we should it be a different song, should it be uh, played at all these things, and I guess there's, you know, with, with the fact that it's not a uniting thing, as it used to be during around when World War II began, uh, it really united people. Everybody thought about the patriotic duty that they were. Hey, we're going to go work at our factories and do our, our jobs because we're supporting the war effort, and let's all unite as before this ball game. Nowadays, it's a dividing thing. So maybe there's going to be a move in sports, and especially with no crowds right now, this might be a time to think about it. Uh, I don't know. Like I, don't, I have no idea whether the national anthem was played in these empty stadiums this week uh, weekend or not. You know, yeah. so this might be the time to maybe just. Uh, while we're thinking about whether we want this particular song as our national anthem, because it's very hard to sing, and uh, people say, oh, you don't want to, somebody uh, suggested Imagine, I don't know that we would ever have that as a national anthem. Oh, it was written by somebody British. Well, the tune to the national anthem was written by the British people, yeah. and the, uh, my country tis of thee is British. I mean, you, you can't get into all that stuff. Well, so that's I, I know I know it used to be where uh, the national anthem wasn't played, for example, during football games. Um, well, no, the national anthem was played, uh, well, it started after, after World, World War II, II. Football was the first. Yeah. Football yeah. was the first one to do it, but up until 2009, the players did not come out for the national anthem. Because, but when they bought from the, it was something with the army veterans paid some advertising money. They oh, that's the right. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. So we'll see. This is a transition year for everything, and we're going to see some permanent changes. Uh, we hope not in baseball with the second base thing and all the. Unfortunately, stuff. I think we're stuck mm-hmm. with those. Right, but and, you, know, you know, and the argument on the national anthem 
that I've heard is when you go to a concert, you don't hear the national anthem. When you no. go to a play, when you go to this competition, you don't hear Yeah, and the idea would, of the know. national anthem, the point by playing it, as I say, was to unite people say, hey, we may be on different sides. We may be Auburn and Alabama, but we still love our country and we still love our state and we want to win this war. Kind of That's thing. right. You know, so this is not the way it is now with, with Black Lives so, Matter and um, everything else. May, maybe we've reached a point in this country where the national anthem is no longer appropriate for sporting events. Just and, maybe. And, and by the way, Bowl, just, as a, just, as a per, just as a personal view, I 100% disagree with that. Okay. Oh, well, yes, so okay. <laughs> okay. But, you know, maybe it's it's for just for special things, and then people may focus on it differently, you know, for the Super Bowl, the World Series, Indy 500, that kind of thing, you know. Well, Perry, one of, the reasons, one of the reasons why I said that, especially during the football season, we've, had, uh, we've got so many players this year who say that they're going to protest during the National Anthem. And remember what happened when Colin Kaepernick did See, I, I don't agree. I don't agree with doing that either. Yeah, uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I get get that. Maybe maybe then they need to go back to where the players just don't come out because in the the opinion, as Dan Rather would say, in the opinion of this reporter, that is disrespectful. I agree. In college football, the players do not come out. But as as you say, for a concert, you know, we don't do it for a concert. We don't do it for a movie, you know, all that. So, okay, I guess we got any more miscellaneous or any phone calls before we get into our depth? We do uh, not have any phone calls yet. Oh, no, and uh, let's see. Do we have anything for hockey to talk about? I, I don't think I, so. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I have Next not week, heard again, we're going to run no, down no. the basketball standings, and we're going to run down the pairings in hockey. I realize I got rid of my sheet with them, but I can I can get schedules from Miss A, I, I saw, so I can uh, recreate what I need for the what the pairings are. And okay. I won't necessarily, we're not going to come in with a, a full-blown schedule, but at least we'll be able to remind people who people are playing in, in those ser- series. And we know the top four in the, in the round robin. We'll get all that stuff down for hockey, and then basketball will talk about where they stood as of March 11th when the, okay. the season stopped, you know. So we have six deaths to report and kind of a mixed bag here. The first one is a guy named Chuck Holt. Years oh, well, well Chuck Holt. All right, Chuck. Uh, yeah, that's the, dog, the dog was a Chuck. fan of Chuck's. The dog thought he was going to get some uh, ground Chuck, I think. Is what <laughs> <There you> <laughs> All right, Chuck Holt, 92 years old. Uh, USAC, that was the, uh, you know, we talk about Indy cars now, but the USAC did the Indy cars, I guess. He was the, uh, uh, he was in the Indy car champions, uh, 59 through 64, then from 66 through 68. And then, uh, he had 60 starts. Uh, he started the Indy in 62, 63, 66, and 67, finished uh, eighth in 63. That was his best start there. 26 top 10 finishes, two second-place finishes, and stopped driving because of uh, vision problems because of an accident from uh, from 64 to 66. So that was uh, you know why he was had that gap in his career. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a cause of Sometimes we're not getting as many causes of death uh, as we were. Some we're getting, some we're not. We don't have one on him. Obviously, Chris, if you have a visual problem, you can't drive. That's not too many of us try it. Let's put no. it that way. <laughs> um, Bill Gilbreth. He was 72 years old. He was a relief pitcher for the Tigers. He had nine games in 71. He had two games in 72 and three for the California Angels in 74. He was uh, uh, 36, uh, let's see, 36 and a third innings, so he didn't pitch very much. 12, uh, 16 strikeouts and a 6.69 ERA. Not, not so good. good. Two and one major league record, but he pitched a lot in the minors. 
Uh, a lot of pitching for Detroit and the Angels in their farm system. He said 73 starts in the minors. His record in the minors was 34 and 32, 3.22 ERA, 520 Ks in the minors. And then uh, let's see. And uh, so that was it for him. And again, uh, oh, but then he became the Abilene Christian head coach uh, baseball from 91 through 95. And they were a Division II team. And uh, But his coaching record wasn't much better than his baseball record, 108 to 137 for that. He, and he died of uh, complications from emergency heart surgery. Then we have Dave Lewis, 65. Do you remember him uh, uh, at USC? Does anybody remember him? I don't really remember I don't, him no, at I don't all. Or really I, in the NFL, I don't. But, okay, USC uh, beat Ohio State and uh, the Rose Bowl in 75 to win the national championship. I remember them facing. That was one of those ones where the stars aligned properly and you actually got the teams that needed to face each other for the championship, which you didn't used to get when we didn't have the uh, playoff. So that happened. So the, he was the, uh, they were the 74 national championship champion after winning the Rose Bowl. Uh, okay. And then 70, uh, he was played for Tampa Bay. He was a linebacker, played there from 77 to 81, then San Diego in 82, and for the Rams in 83. He was in the Pro Bowl in 1980 as a linebacker. Ten interceptions, seven fumble recoveries, and uh, recoveries, and one of those was a touchdown. And he had a heart attack and uh, had a pace earlier and had a pacemaker and died of, uh, you know, the, the problems of that. Now, here's a guy. This is one of those guys, never made the Hall of Fame, but if you had were in his city, you really remembered this guy because he played every day and he was just a fixture, especially with the Phillies. Tony Taylor, 84 years old. He uh, was born in Cuba and he had Cuban and Jamaican uh, parents. So, uh, And I remember hearing that, that he was a Cuban. I'm like, a guy named Tony Taylor is a Cuban, but he was. Chicago Cubs from 58 through 60, then the Phillies from 60. Uh, so he uh, went to the during the season in 60. Those two lousy teams made a trade. They were very bad. 60 through 71 with the Phillies. Then he went to the Tigers in 71 to 73. Uh, Philadelphia back uh, with the Phillies again, 74 through 76. He was an all-star in 1960, two all-star games, the, the two played in 1960. He hit 261, 2007 hits, 75 uh, home runs, 598 RBIs, and 234 steals. So that's, you know, a reasonable amount of steals. Um, and in uh, 63, he led second baseman in fielding percentage. He played all over the infield. Basically, he was a second baseman. He played first. He played the outfield, uh, and third, and so forth. And let, and he saved Jim Bunning's perfect game, uh, not the last play, but during uh, the big, best, you know, every no-hitter or perfect game has a great defensive play. He was the one to make that play on Father's Day of 1964 to preserve Jim Bunning's perfect game. And then uh, he was the first base coach of the Phillies from 77 through 79. And again, in 88 and 89, he was a minor league man, uh, minor league coach for uh, for the Phillies as well. And I'm switching pages. Minor league coach for the Phillies from 80 to 81. Manager in the minors from 82 through 87. Then, as I said, first base coach in 88, 89. 90, he went to the Giants. The Giants hired him, and he was a minor league uh, coach from 90 through 92 in the Giants organization. Then the Florida um, uh, Marlins hired him, 93 through 98. And in, uh, let's see, and in 02 and 03, he also was in the majors with the with the Marlins, 99 to 01 and 04. He was... Um, uh, 
he I think was in the minors for them. Brad Penny, uh, who was a former pitcher for the Marlins, bought him a World Series ring. He was not voted a World Series uh, share or ring by the uh, by the team, but he went out and bought. He said that this guy deserves it. He's been in baseball for so long, and uh, he, he you know uh, you know just missed on a lot of things with the Phillies and so forth. Seventy seven through seventy nine, right? Wasn't there in eighty that kind of thing? So it was great that he finally got something. Uh, and let's say he was the fifth all time player in games played for the Phillies, the seventh in at bats, and the second for pinch hit. So again, made his mark with the Phillies being there so long. And then he made the Philadelphia Wall of Fame in 2002. So that was cool. And then we have, um, and he got died from complications after a stroke a year ago. Then we have, now you'll want to talk about this, Robert. This is a, a tragedy, and really, I haven't heard much about it, but you know, you don't hear much about boxing. I'm sure in a normal sports day when we're not covering so many crazy things, the super welterweight champion, the reigning welterweight, super welterweight, uh, Travel Maison, 24 years old. He died in a car accident in Austin, and actually you could throw in, Sean, if you hear, heard anything about it. Uh, he won the title in uh, on January 11th of this year, the first round knockout. Uh, no fight since because of the uh, pandemic. His uh, record was 17-0, and so he dies as an undefeated champion. Uh, 13 knockouts in those fights, and he, he crossed the median strip and uh, as he was driving down the highway, and, he, and another driver was killed in the other car. And I think there was a champion, if I recall, named Marcel Sudan, who was killed in, a, I think he was a champion in 49, or he was at least a prominent fighter who was killed in a car accident. So this is a very unusual situation. So, Robert, why don't you talk about this guy a little bit? And then, Sean, if you know anything about the accident. Um, well, first of all, Sean, since you're in Austin, did you hear anything more about this? I already was dead on arrival. Uh, they, you know, there was a slick spot in the road or something. He was trying, you know, jump me. They don't, I haven't heard anything on whether alcohol was involved or. Okay. Um, all I can say, uh, Chris, I never got a chance to see him fight because, uh, he's with Golden Boy Promotions and all Golden Boy fights are now on, uh, that app, DAZN. And, uh, but from what, from my boxing sources, they tell me that he had a bright future. And of course, Oscar De La Hoya, the owner of Golden Boy Promotions and several other people in boxing came out and, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, they had him in studio on one of our shows uh, yeah. a couple months, a few months ago, back in, right after he won the title. Mm -hmm. And he, see, I mean, he was very, you know, very well-spoken, uh, very, okay. you know, seemed like, yeah. And I, I guess he made his home in Austin, Texas, Sean. I don't know if he was originally from there, but he's from the area. He's from the area. One of the, but he, lived, you know, he trained in Austin. Yeah, he trained. Yeah. So, okay. No, the whole, okay. the whole thing is sad. From what I hear, uh, uh, we've missed uh, we, we, we've missed out on a good one because apparently he had a bright future. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Golden yeah. Gloves champion in the past. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, the Indiana woman's original basketball coach B. Gorton, G-O-R-T-O-N, died at 73 years old. He was the first. She was the first ever Lady Hoosier coach from 71 through 76. She had a 62 and 15 record, and then the first uh, four uh, for, she made uh, the first four years 70. Well, I don't know. I've got some confusing records here, but anyway, she was a very good coach. Her, her overall winning percentage was 738. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And the, she made the final four for the AI. 
AIAW. AIAW was the yeah. American. It was the Association, Association of Intercollegiate Athletics for Women. Right. It was before they made them officially part of the NCAA. So she made the, the Final Four for that in 73, the Elite Eight for that in 72 and 74. And then uh, she made the NIT, which I guess was, uh, you know, sort of, it's not an NCAA, at that time it was not an NCAA product in 75. And then uh, she was, uh, she did this on the bare bones uh, thing. She basically uh, drove the bus. Uh, they had uniforms where they had decals on their, on t-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, Bobby Knight really, uh, you know, he picked, she picked Bobby Knight's brain. He liked her uh, and uh, they worked together and uh, he, he wanted to help her out. And uh, so that was the, she was, uh, you know, and she made the Indiana Hall, uh, Indiana University Hall of Fame in 2014 and uh, really was the founder of that program. So uh, that's, and that's, she brought them into her last year. I think that's when they brought them into the NCAA around right. 76, 76 and, 77 is yep. when they started having NCAA championships. Bill, did you, as an Indiana fan, did you ever hear anything about her? No. Okay. You're teaching me right. something that, and and why was she only there so briefly? I'm going to have to go. I'm not sure whether she just decided to retire. You know, it looked like the thing we we didn't have all the these. We, she wasn't exactly treated like Pat Summer to Junior or Emma. You know, no. Uh, no. There, there wasn't it wasn't Rolls Royce program, and she maybe wanted to have a family or whatever. So and uh, David USF can only give us the information that he finds. So yeah, and some of it she was burnt out because they weren't. You know, they were a separate organization, not getting the same support from the NBA. Yeah, 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 and this is women's basketball. Really, Title Nine came in in '72, right? That started to help, and then really by the early '90s, when UConn and Tennessee took off, that's when women's basketball really hit the map. And well, you can go back to like the '80s with Texas, USC, right? Right. But but I think really when you get it in the the different, especially the Northeast, when you have a a good team in the Northeast, that's always whether people like it or not. The Northeast is, you know, they make media decisions, and you start to get a real, real reaction. Cheryl Miller. Cheryl Miller was the big. that she was really good. Great the player who got it going, UConn and Tennessee, the teams, and yep. yeah, so it really got off the ground at that point. And the last guy we have is Rick Reed, the umpire, seventy years old. Yeah, boy, I didn't think he was that old. He was an American League umpire from seventy nine through ninety nine, and then both leagues when they merged in two thousand through two thousand nine, he had, he began in the Appalachian League, uh, then in the International League from seventy three through seventy eight, uh, eighty, <laughs> excuse me, eighty through eighty two. He was a substitute umpire, then it became a permanent umpire in 83. He had seven postseasons, the 91 World Series, uh, that was a great World Series, ALCS in 89, 95, and 99, division playoffs in 97, and 2000, and, and 2001. In the All-Star Games in 86 and 98, and he was the crew chief from 99 on, and he got to umpire behind the plate the first game in Comerica. He was a Detroit native, got to umpire behind the plate the first game in Comerica Park in 2000, and then uh, let's see, and let's see what else do we have on him. Uh, and on uh, August 22nd, 07, he was the home plate umpire when the Texas Rangers scored 30 runs, which is a major league record, and he was the home plate umpire for that game. And then, uh, and believe was, it or not, that was the first game of a doubleheader. The final score right. was thirty to three. That's right. And in '92, he was behind the plate when George Brett had his three thousandth hit. So, and he had a stroke in February uh, of uh, in '08, and he did come back for the 2009 season. And then he was a, 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 an umpire's observer for the commissioner after he retired. Uh, you know, it was would go around, and they the same thing that uh, what's his name, the one who was shot. He used to do that job too. Uh, Steve Palermo. Palermo went around and observed like that, 
too. So that was good. And now uh, that's the it for the death. Uh, do we have any uh, any calls or anything we need to do before we go to the history? We do not. All okay. right. So here we go. July 13th, there were 11 All-Star games. We're not going to run them down, but the one well, that's important was 1971. The American League beat the National League, and that uh, Reggie Jackson hit a 520-foot home run. They hit the light tower in Detroit. Yeah, and, at, uh, at Old Tiger Stadium. I will never forget that. No, that was I'm, a National League streak. <laughs> yes, uh, National League had won eight in a row, uh, and uh, then the American League won that one. Then the National League won 11 more in a row before yeah. the American League started to uh, you know, compete in 83. So anyway, yeah, and uh, as American League fans, Robert, I know it was pretty frustrating to lose all yeah, those All-Star yeah. games. It's yeah. not good. Yeah. Uh, okay, in 99, and then the one I threw in was, I'm pretty sure it was on this date, in 91-9 was the Ted Williams-Pedro Martinez game at Fenway Park where uh, one of the most, mo- most moving moments in, in the All-Star game history when all the players gathered around uh, to talk to they shake Ted Williams' hands, give him a high five, whatever they did, over by, uh, he was near the Red Sox dugout, I think. I don't think he stood on the field, but they introduced him. And no, he was in a go- he was in a golf cart. Golf cart. And uh, one of the best pictures out of that whole uh, time was they had a picture together with Ted Williams and Tony Gwynn. Yeah, that's right. You that's know. right. And then Pedro, right after that, uh, after the introduction, Pedro went out and struck out the National League, and the uh, you know struck out the side in the first inning. The crowd went crazy. After that, it faded into a normal hubbub of uh, people just sort of wandering around. The crowd wasn't really into it after that because right. it was just a regular all-star game but you know it was it was a uh, pretty good uh, two good moments in uh, in the all-star game history uh, British opens in 62 Arnold Palmer won won his second of two uh, in a row there he had won it in 61 I think we'll get to that later 63 Bob Charles won the uh, uh, playoff for the British Open I think he was a left-handed golfer if I remember right yes, he was, yes. yeah yes. which uh, was very unusual and then uh, Gary Player won it in 68 and in 74 so that was it for July 13th July 14th in 73, Tom Weisskopf won the British Open. In 56, Mel Parnell pitched a no-hitter no for the Red Sox. That's just before I started to follow the year before, but he pitched it against the White Sox on July 14th, a Saturday afternoon at Fenway Park. In 95, Ramon Martinez uh, pitched one for the Florida Marlins. And uh, for, uh, let's see, in 50, and this is unusual here for Cincinnati fans, pay attention. In 1953, the All-Star Game was played in Cincinnati. The American League beat the National League. In 70, uh, at River, and that was at Crosley Field. And then at Riverfront, it was played in 70, the first year Riverfront had just opened. They, both Three Rivers and Riverfront opened right around the same time. And, of and course, that, was, that, that was the same all-star game, Chris, where the famous collision took place between that's right. Pete Rose and, and Ray Do you agree as an, a, an A's fan? And, of course, he was a Cleveland player at the time, but he came to the – he was traded for Dave Duncan later, and Ray Fossey became part of the A's. Mm-hmm. But really, what I've said is if that collision hadn't happened, I think his career would have been like more like a Carlton Fisk or a Thurman Munson. Oh yeah, no. Uh, yeah. He, his career was never the same after that. Uh, no. Uh, he 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 was. Let's put it this way: the stats he was putting up uh, before he got hurt, uh, he would have been well on his way to a possible Hall of Fame slot. You mm-hmm. know, because that's yeah. how good he was. And uh, yeah, and the thing is that uh, he, he's a great, he's a good, good broadcaster though. We'll uh, probably yes, hear yes, him this yes. year on those yeah. days games. Yeah, and, and he's probably one of the. He'll be staying. He's not going to travel. He's he's old enough to stay home. So yeah, he's be, in uh, his he's in his seventies. He's not right. Gonna go, he'll be he'll be at the ballpark or whatever. He's not going to go uh, traveling right. even through California. Uh, let's see. In and in night okay eighty seven the uh, NLB the American League. I don't have a city for that. Ninety two the 
American League, uh, won again, uh, NL won in 87, and AL in 92, and in 03, we had the AL beat the NL, 15, AL beat the NL, uh, and then the third Cincinnati All-Star game, uh, I think that was in 15 at the third park. What's the yeah. name of the new park? I forget. Um, Great American Ballpark. Great America. America. That's Great America. And that's the only time that you've had three different parks right. in the same city on the same day host an All-Star game. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's right. Very, very interesting. What are you going to say, Bill? No, I was just going to agree with him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. I, we like that, Bill. That that move makes the show move right along. Okay. <laughs> July fifteenth, seventy three. Uh, Nolan Ryan pitched his second no hitter of the of the year, and, and you know they and that was against uh, uh, Detroit, I think. And yeah. in o in o one in two thousand in nineteen o one, Christy Matheson pitched a no hitter against the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't even know who he was pitching for at that point. Um, we had five All Star games on July fifteenth. Uh, and then let's see, uh, let's see, I'm looking for where we are for the, uh, oh, the U.S. Open in, uh, 2000, in, uh, 1922, it was Gene Sarazen won that, and that was uh, the latest U.S. Open that was played, uh, until beat Bobby Jones. <laughs> yeah, until this year. Yeah. In two, in 23, Bobby Jones won his first major by winning the U.S. Open in, uh, in a playoff. In the British Open in, uh, 1928, Bobby Jones won the, uh, the first British Open that he had won, and then. And in 61, that was Arnold Palmer's first, as we said, of those back-to-backs, 61 and 62. Uh, let's see, 67, it was uh, uh, Roberto DiVincenzo. Uh, don't try it, John. Don't yeah. give up. <laughs> Quit while you're buying. Roberto <laughs> DiVincenzo. And what happened was he won that British Open, but then the next year he's the guy we told the story about the Masters. He signed the incorrect scorecard. He was honest about it, came forward. Uh, he did, they did, was disqualified or moved down to second or whatever in the Masters. And I think it was George Archer got the Masters title that year. So he could have had two majors, but he was an honest man and uh, stepped forward. And uh, good old Roberto DiVincenzo, very good. Okay, then we have in 72, who would do that nowadays? Nobody. 72, Lee Trevino won. Actually, golf's got quite an ethic. You know, if you really grow up on a golf course, I, I know that from my brothers. Uh, they really do believe in those things. Lee Trevino won it in um, in 72. Uh, and that, let's see. Then in 78, it was uh, Jack Nicklaus won the British Open. And that was his third. And in 45, for the PGA, Byron Nelson won that. And uh, and he that was he dominated in forty five. I've heard about this season. Of course, a lot of the players maybe were in the you know in the service or whatever. He won, but he won eleven 17. tournaments in a row. And uh, what is it, sixteen out of eighteen tournaments that Seven, year? Or wasn't something? it seventeen out of eighteen? Seventeen, out of, 17 out of eighteen. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then the only All Star game of note that I uh, note remember from uh, July fifteenth was nineteen eighty six in Houston, and that uh, was part of the American League turnaround. They won the game, but Roger Clemens got to start the game in Houston. And of course, in those days, there wasn't into play so it was his first time really playing major league baseball in houston getting to start the game and and of course on his way to the cy young and the world series that year so you know a big moment for roger uh and on uh, july 16th well before we go to the 16th chris we do okay. with that the july 15th that is the birthday of our producer in the 515 oh, so we want to yes, say happy, happy birthday, birthday on july 15th happy okay. birthday she's the one that provided us our, our score i would imagine for the cubs yeah. and white Sox. so that's yes. great Okay, very good. Well, thank you, and thank for for all you do. Oh, no, I can't say that. We found out that if I do this, Bud's for you. Actually, Pierre, I, I'll tell this quick story because I got it in uh, my, my group on the phone. That uh, they Somebody saw a flower shop, uh, uh, this Bud's for you, on the sign on the flower shop. We were talking about that lawyer who buys up all the things. So Budweiser went to sue the person who ran the flower shop. It turned out they'd had that slogan way before Budweiser, so they had to pay them. <laughs> Oh, that was boy. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. 
July 16th and 38, Sam Snead won the PGA. Boy, you know, Sam Snead goes back. He went way up into the late 50s, early 60s, still being a commodity. Yeah. Oh, they love, they love Sam. All right. 1898, uh, John McGraw <laughs> became the uh, manager of the New York Giants. And I'm going to name that dog Muggsy. That's a, it sounds like a dog that we named Muggsy. <laughs> Uh, so as John McGraw was for like 30 years, he was the manager of the Giants, and of course he went to the Hall of Fame. In 1941, the last hit in Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak was uh, occurred. In 1980, in, in 1985, the NLBTAL in Minnesota, uh, and Sparky Anderson became the first manager to lose two All-Star games, lose for each league. He had lost uh, for the National League before, and now he was losing for the American League, a Tiger manager, and that was the year after he became the first manager to win 100 games for each uh, for a team in each league. Yeah, so, and, and winning a World Series in, in both leagues. That's right, yeah, that's right. That's, uh, uh, okay, and then in 08, uh, AL beat the NL in New York, in Yankee Stadium, and the last All-Star game in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that's right. Yep, and then they beat them 4-3 to in 15 innings, quite a game. And and then in 2015, in City Field, 2013, in City Field, AL beat the NL 3 to nothing. And then for uh, July 17th and 41, that was the end of Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak. What a surprise there. Yep. But he, uh-huh. on the 18th, he started another 17-game hitting streak. So he had, what, uh, 73 out of 74? 73 out of 74. Okay. In 79, uh, for that day, the NL beat the AL in the All-Star game in Seattle. Uh, that was let's the see. 50th All-Star game. Uh, in 79? No, that yeah, no, the, because yeah. the, the 50th would have been in 83 because the All-Star no, no, game. No, that was a 50th anniversary. This was the 50th. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah because of the two All Star games in uh, those other years. Remember, oh, Robert? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. okay. And in, in 18, in Washington, the uh, the All Star game was held, and the AL beat the NL 8 to 6, and 13 home runs were hit. 11, the 14 runs were scored, 13 home runs. So 13 bases empty home runs in that All Star <laughs> game. Yeah. I wonder if they brought special, I wonder if they kept the home run derby balls for that night. I don't really know. I have uh, no idea. Very strange. Uh, the PGA in 39. It was Henry uh, Picard uh, beat Byron Nelson. And these were match play. This is why you see uh, guy, BG, PGA was always net match play until, I think, 1957. So that's why you're seeing two names men- right. <laughs> mentioned for, for a lot of the PGAs back then. And then in the British Open in 83, we had Tom Watson. Uh, he won. The, that was his fifth and final British Open in 94. Um, uh, Price. What's his first name? Nick, Nick Price. Price. Nick Price won the British Open, and in '05 it was Tiger won his, uh, and, and then in uh, Darren Clark in 19, in 2011 from Northern Ireland won it, and then uh, Henrik Stinson, the first Scandinavian uh, to win a major in '16 with the British Open, yep. and and then we have uh, July 18th, which is the last day. We don't have anything for today, but the 18th we have uh, some pretty cool stuff. David Cohn pitched a perfect game. Thank you, Robert. I I thought it was just a, I'd forgotten it was a perfect game. It was not just a no-hitter. He pitched a perfect game on Beanie Baby Day, you tell us, right? That, yeah. That, I right. remember that was the Beanie Baby craze. All the ballparks were giving out Beanie right. Babies. Well, this the day in 1999, Sunday afternoon, yeah. he pitched a perfect game against the uh, the Florida Marlins. And then uh, in 99 also, and uh, just about an hour earlier, we had uh, John Vanderbilt blew up in the British Open. There were He had about a two-stroke lead or a three-stroke lead into the last hole or three strokes with two holes to go, whatever it was, he was a that, major. That was one of the 
most famous golf collapses there yes. ever was. So, and he, uh, Paul Laurie won the won the thing. L O R E. Paul Laurie won the uh, three way playoff. Andervell and another player were in. They played a three hole playoff that I remember watching. So I had yeah. I had the golf on TV. I had one radio with the Yankees on it, one radio with the Red Sox on it. That was quite a quite a day on uh, July eighteenth, nineteen ninety nine. So yeah. that is basically it for our this day in history feature. Yeah. And before and course, as we as we wrap up, the Cubs are still leading the White Sox. It is two nothing in the bottom of the fourth. Okay. And and of course, uh, I don't know how much this day in history we're going to have now that sports are starting to. Well, we'll, uh, well, we'll have another week, week, week or so. And, Next yeah. week we yeah, probably we'll have have it. And then and Craig will be doing his vacation because what he's doing, where I'm getting those is he, instead of the Longhorn reports, he's doing these one minute updates putting putting in history. But he's going on vacation soon, so yeah. <laughs> so we may be, uh, they may not have those. They've been fun, I'll tell you. And if we remember anything, we certainly during the year we sometimes think of things or, or you know. Do, different events that we personally remember. So we may still have some of those when we can, but uh, you know, it, it's been a fun thing to carry it through. And again, now we're going to, we're going to have a, a pretty good full show. As we said uh, next week, we'll set up the back ball. We'll set up the hockey, get you straight on who's playing who and how that's going to work. What the standings are in the NBA baseball will have started. We'll have a little, uh, some minor results, but Hey, they will be uh, about uh, what? 5% through the season or something by the end. Right. And, yeah. we'll, and we'll, we'll make sure to give you, we'll have some baseball scores and stuff next week. That's, yep, right. that's right. Okay. So Sean, why don't you take us home? All right. Well, if you want to listen to us at any time, uh, if you miss this and you want to come back to us or tell your friends, go to legendoldies.com, download the podcast, or type in Sports Lounge Live, three words in your podcatcher, or tell your smart speaker to play the Sports Lounge podcast. And if it's playing the previous one, just keep saying next until you get to today's date, or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. If you want to leave us any comments throughout the week, 800 800- Six nine three zero five nine five option number two, or email us sportslounge at allthingsradio.net. So we will see you next week, and games are back. Yes, yeah, they're, they're back. coming. They're coming. Almost here.